Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Um, I wanted to open up the Word this morning. We're doing part three of purpose. So we've been in this series of purpose. We're doing part three today. We're going to read Matthew chapter four. So if you have your Bibles with you, Turn with me to Matthew chapter 4. Before this chapter, we see uh, Jesus is baptized by John the Baptist, and the Holy Spirit ascends down as a dove, and then God speaks from heaven and declares him as the Son of God. And I was reading that chapter, chapter 3, and I'm just like, man, can you just imagine being there witnessing that? You'd think that you'd never doubt, (laughs) you'd never question, you know, the people that were following Jesus. But because we're human, sometimes we fall short. And we're going to talk about just this passage of Scripture today where the Holy Spirit actually leads Jesus into the wilderness. And the enemy tempts him three times because I think there's something that we can actually learn from the Scripture this morning. So Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 3, let's read it together. So during that time, the devil came and said to him, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no. The scriptures say, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Verse 5, then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Verse 7, Jesus responded, The scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Verse 10, get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him, for the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. I want to preach a message entitled, Excuse the Interruption. Excuse the Interruption, part three of our series on purpose. Last week, we spoke on how to stay on mission on purpose. Today, we're going to talk about some of the things that can actually cause us to get off track from our God-given purpose. But I'm going to also encourage us, and God's word is going to encourage us today, of some antidotes for those things, the things that God provides so we can stay on track, on purpose, on mission with him. You with me this morning? Amazing. All right, well, let's pray together and believe for God to move in a powerful way. Jesus, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that you are the victor, God. Thank you that you are our strong tower through everything that we go through in life. If we experience opposition, it's an opportunity to persevere, to grow in perseverance, and to grow in the fruits of the Spirit. So Holy Spirit, we pray that you would help us. Thank you that you are our greatest advantage right now. Even as we're reading your word, God, would you uh, just encourage us from the inside out? Would you cause our faith to rise today on a whole different level? In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. 
Well, many, many years ago, uh, it was Thanksgiving Day, and I'll always remember this time where I was with my mom. We were getting uh, the car ready. Uh, we were putting pumpkin pie in the car and stuffing, and, you know, I didn't cook it because I can't do that stuff, but my mom did, and she's amazing at it. I was tempted to eat the pie before we went to Thanksgiving dinner, um, but we got it in the car and realized that we were running behind, and uh, it's literally the worst feeling ever, you know. I don't really like being behind, and I tend to, you know, whoever's with me, they feel that stress, right? Can anyone relate to that? So when you're stressed out, and you're like, we need to go, and that other person's like, I know we need to go. Can you stop stressing me out? I'm like, well, it doesn't seem like you know that we need to go because you're moving very slowly, you know. So that happens sometimes. And we're having this conversation, me and my mother. And I'm like, Mom, we need to go. And she's like, I know, honey. And I'm like, no, seriously, we got to go. Can you get in the car, please? So we finally get in the car. And uh, I click the garage door remote to shut the garage door. And I don't even wait for it to close. I just back up, right? I'm just like, we need to go. And I'm like going 40 miles an hour through our driveway. And uh, I back up. My mom's like, Christopher. Anytime you hear your full name, like, what did I do now, you know? And... Um, She's like, you didn't even see if the door shut on the garage door. What are you doing? And I'm like, we're running behind, but okay. So I put it back in drive, and I drove up there very quickly. And I'm like, see, Mom, the garage door is shut. Okay, I've proven my point, and we're even more late now. So I back up. And instead of backing up in a vertical line, I backed up in a diagonal line, and I hit a tree. And um, this is a dilemma for my life here. So in this moment, I was just, I was distraught, right? I was like, oh, my goodness, my insurance, my insurance payments are going to go up. Oh, my gosh, like, this is horrible. I think we have a photo of the damage. Yep. So my bumper was messed up. The hatchback door was messed up. All of the glass was gone on the window. Um, you know, I didn't have to worry about any blind spots because I didn't even have a window anymore. So... The tree took care of that. The tree hit me. That's my story that I'm claiming. Um, it's not my proudest moment in life, but, you know, in that time, I was like, we just need to get the Thanksgiving meal. So we just need to get over to Mallory's house and hang out with her family. So we took that car, drove over there, and I, you know, I arrived with my head down, and they're like, what's going on? And I'm just like, well, we just got in an accident. Everyone's fine. Um, the only person that was injured is a tree. So, and I remember my dad, we actually worked on fixing it instead of going to a mechanic. For all the mechanics in the room, don't judge me. But we took like a, a chain and we used my dad's dually truck to pull that metal bumper back out. And then we went because of Craigslist. I wouldn't recommend this, guys. So, I found a Craigslist ad and it said, you know, I have Scion parts in Orlando. I'm like, let's go, dad. So, we went. And we got the parts, and uh, we switched it out ourselves. So it all worked out. But I tell this story to just really further the point that in life, we are going to experience interruptions, right? And it's going to distract us from the purpose that God has us on in our relationship with God. Sometimes there's an interruption that is not from God, right? How many of you know that we do have an enemy, but we don't have to be fearful of that enemy because God has already been victorious over the enemy, but it's good for us to be aware, right, and to look out for it. And almost set up alarms for many, um, any 
tempt, uh, temptations that the enemy tries to come in and take us off course from God's plan for our lives. So we're going to talk about this today, this idea of interruptions. And I think it's important for us to identify the characteristics of our Savior and identify the characteristics of the enemy as well before we get any further. So we know that they both have different characteristics, right? The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That is his mission, John 10.10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. This, This is Jesus speaking. He says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly, which is beautiful. So Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, according to John 14, verse 6. So he's the complete opposite of the enemy, right? The enemy's trying to steal some things. Jesus is trying to give, trying to give life. Jesus is, he's, he wants to give life. He doesn't want death, right? The enemy wants to bring death and steal, kill. Jesus has come because he's the way, the truth, and the life. So I want to just encourage us around some of the things, again, that can pull us away from our God-given purpose. We're talking about purpose, right? And I think it's important for us to identify with the things that might cause us to take a detour instead of staying on mission, on purpose, with God. So we're going to identify the thing that can pull us away and the antidote for that thing this morning. So if you're taking notes, I'd love for you to write this first point down. One thing that can take us away is pursuing human desire instead of God's desire, right? So that's the one thing that can actually pull us away from God's desire, pursuing our flesh, right? The first test had to do with Jesus's sonship. The enemy thought that if he was the son of God, maybe Jesus could prove himself independently apart from the father. We know that Jesus He lived a sinful life, a sinless life, not sinful. No, 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 sinless. But the first test shows us the temptation of the flesh. And as humans, we can identify with that, right? And I'm comforted, too, before I go any further, that Jesus can actually sympathize, empathize with us, right? Because, yes, he was fully God, but he was fully human as well. So during this time when he's being tempted and tested by the devil, we know that his humanness is intertwined with his godliness. So he was experiencing some feelings, right? And we're going to go into that a little further in just a moment. But after this temptation, these three tests in the wilderness, it was actually the start of his public ministry. So as he was coming out of the wilderness, that was what began his ministry and, and sharing the gospel And for him to eventually do God's will, right? God's desire for him to eventually die on the cross for the sins of humanity. And it's cool that Jesus, you know, was quoting scripture. But it's interesting that the enemy was quoting scripture at him at first. We see, it's interesting, you know, that the enemy quoted Psalm 91 verses 11 through 12 to Jesus. And it goes to show you that even scripture can be misapplied sometimes. I think it's important for us to realize that this morning, but the focus is on Jesus's recently declared sonship, right? He's the son of God. We see that in Matthew 4. We're going to start in verse 3 of Matthew 4. During that time, the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Verse 4, but Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, 
but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, we knew that eating is not bad, right? Eating is essential. It's one of my spiritual gifts. I love eating with all of my heart, specifically Italian food. Can I get an amen from the Italians this morning? So I love garlic bread and pasta, and don't get me started. Okay, so Jesus, he was fasting during this time, right? He's been going 40 days, 40 nights fasting. The enemy knows this, right? It's not just happenstance that Jesus has entered this time because let's remember that the Holy Spirit actually led him to this point, right? To be in this dry and desolate land with the enemy to experience these tests. So physically, Jesus was experiencing extreme hunger and fatigue during this time. So the enemy is taunting him, saying, wait, so if you are the son of God, if you are who you say you are, why don't you just turn these stones into bread? You can do it. It's not a big deal. No one else is looking. See what he's doing. He's, he's providing a test. And the reason Jesus didn't follow through, listen to me this morning, is because it would have gone against God's will for his life. That's what happens with us as well. We see automatically what's a part of our lives is our flesh. We know that, you know, it's body and, and soul and spirit, right? But our body sometimes gets in the way of our purpose. Jesus didn't allow that to happen, right? He spoke scripture in this moment. But human desire is something, unfortunately, it's related to our flesh, and we can experience that in life. We can experience the attractiveness of it. Sometimes it isn't hunger that's affecting us. Sometimes it's something more serious, maybe addiction, maybe greed, maybe gossip, maybe envy. But again, it's so important for us to shine a light on this so that we can be aware that, yes, the enemy is trying to steal God's desire from us, which is to walk with him and live for him. But we can be released and be reminded that we have the ability to stay on track with him because we have his power and authority. Our heavenly father is with us throughout this this whole life. And are we going to live by God's word and his desire for our lives or by human desire? Um, It actually pulls us farther away from our purpose when we lean on human desire instead of God's desire. So keep in mind, I want to encourage us this morning that we are not defenseless in this battle. We're not defenseless in this fight. We see that even Jesus, you know, he quotes scripture. He quotes Deuteronomy 8, verse 3. And the antidote for this, for the temptation of human desire, is really the word, because the word is our sword. Amen? So in those moments when we feel under attack, we can be reminded that we have everything that we need. We have the word of God to be able to fight. And we also have the armor of God. This morning, I want to remind us of Ephesians 6, starting in verse 13. It says, Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will, be, you will, stand, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. Verse 16, in addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on the salvation, put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We know that 
Scripture is the best way to combat the enemy. The enemy doesn't want you to know that. But we can be released in that moment when we feel opposition, fear, maybe doubt, whatever it is, maybe it's a lie. We can fight back with the one offensive weapon that's mentioned in the scripture, the word. And it's interesting, you know, that there's only one offensive weapon and there's all these other things, right, included. Why is there only one offensive weapon listed? Because it's the only thing that we'll ever need. It's the word of God, right? The more we read this love letter that's been written to us, the more life makes sense. And also, we get direction, right? We've been saying it the last couple of weeks, but he establishes our steps. How we can better understand that and know that is by diving into the word and, and reading about our purpose, right? Because the Bible is a mirror. We've been talking about that as well. We can, we can find ourselves in his story, and we can be changed in that experience, and we can grow in faith from that time of being in his word. I remember one time Mallory and I, we were in the car, and we were driving. We had a very uh, difficult discussion. There was a lot of tension, a lot of stress involved. And again, I was feeling some of her stress, and we were both invested in this conversation. And then eventually, I, I just had to stop the conversation. I pulled over the car on the side of the road. I was like, okay, we just need to stop talking right now, and we need to pray. I'll be honest, I haven't done that enough, but there was so much power in that moment because God was there in the car with us. We pulled the the car over, and I'm like, we're going to pray. I know we have to be somewhere, but where we need to be right now is in God's presence, so let's pray. And in that moment, I want to encourage you that you can actually pray Scripture, right? You can pray the, the Word of God through your situation that you're going through, and you can be reminded that you're going to get through because you have someone that's on your side. Can I get an amen this morning? He's with us. He loves you. I want to remind you, he's got a plan and purpose for your life. Maybe you're new and you, you have no reference to faith and you're here this morning. I'm so pumped you're here. But hear me this morning. He does have a plan for your life. Plans to prosper you, give you hope in the future. And he loves you so very much. So it's normally difficult to make a decision to pray in a moment of opposition, but I've discovered when we use the word to fight and pray the the scripture that we find in his word, our faith rises from that experience. So let's remember this morning that we can actually pursue God's desire instead of human desire. The other thing that can actually hold us back from God's purpose for our lives is actually choosing selfishness instead of selflessness. So hear me this morning, if we are to choose selfishness, that actually causes a detour in this road that we're walking with Jesus on, right? It pulls us away, farther away from our purpose, but we can actually be reminded of who Jesus was. He was selfless, right? He was the suffering servant, and he was selfless. He was always focused on the Father's will and others, so we can actually pursue that same life as well. So really what we're talking about is the pursuit of the world instead of his kingdom. Um, We see another test or temptation that Jesus encountered, which was the pride of life. So this is the second test that's 
included in Matthew 4. I want to read it again, starting in verse 5. It says, Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, The scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. So the devil's going, If you're so high and mighty, why don't you just prove it? Just prove yourself. Why don't you just make some marvelous display in front of the people, right? He's, he's trying to get Jesus to boast. It's really, it's relating to the pride of life, and we as humans can relate to this as well. We can let pride enter our lives if we're not careful. And what is the pride of life? It can be identified as anything that is of this world, pursuing those things and then it leads to arrogance, can lead to pride in ourselves, it can lead to boasting. The truth is that we should be more concerned with actually giving instead of getting, right? Because that's how Jesus lived his life, serving instead of serving ourselves. It's a switch from how can I serve myself to how can I serve Jesus more effectively. And that's really the, the antidote it's a decision to seek humbleness instead of pride. The antidote is to serve God. So how do we deal with this selfishness, this, this um, thing that can very easily creep into our world? We spend our time serving. So Christ did not come to be a servant or to be served, but to serve and give up his life as a ransom for many. He didn't come so that people would serve him. He wanted to serve the world as a holy sacrifice. It's beautiful to think about how it's not difficult to trust in Jesus when you know everything that he's done for you. He gave his life. And I never want to grow familiar of that. I said yes to Jesus, you know, the summer of my freshman year in high school. And I've never turned back, never looked back. And I always want to remind myself, wow, I can trust him because he went out of his way to do everything for me so that I could have a new life in him. He, he gave up his life. He did something for me that I couldn't do for myself. So we can be released to serve him this morning. That is the antidote. And we can actually make our prayer less of me, more of you. Less of me, more of you, God. And that will actually grow us in this area of humbleness as we're committed to serving, amen? So finally, as you're taking notes, another thing that can actually pull us away from our God-given purpose is focusing on comfort instead of calling. Comfort instead of calling. How many of you know that the things in this world, it's attractive and it's comfortable, right? So if we pursue comfort instead of calling, we get off track. The third temptation was really related to God's plan for Jesus. The enemy was saying that he'll give, you know, the kingdom of the world to him if he would just bow down and worship the enemy. But Jesus wasn't giving in to what he was offering, right? And really this third temptation is the lust of the eyes. And it actually kind of reminds me of Peter, you know, we see in Matthew 14, this story, and we've read it before in church, but, you know, Jesus appears on the water, 
right? And, and they think he's a ghost at first, and he's saying, it's me, why don't you come out? And Peter's like, if it's really you, why don't you just call me out on the water with you? And we see that he does this, starting in verse 28 of Matthew 14. It says, then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Verse 31, Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. So what took place? See that Jesus was standing there waiting for him. Peter was focused on him. He was getting closer to Jesus. But once he discovered or was more aware of the winds and the waves, he was more focused on that than the person that was in front of him. So if we're not careful, we can focus more on what's comfortable in life instead of our calling, which is staring at Jesus fixing our eyes on him no matter what the world says, no matter what life is included in, in our time here on earth, the opposition, the fear, whatever it is, the things that get in the way, there are distractions, there are interruptions, but we can stay focused on the face of Jesus no matter what the storm is around us, amen? Yes, it's, it might be more comfortable to, to focus on the busyness around us, but it's more worth it to focus on Jesus and his still, small voice. Now, I had a conversation with a friend recently. Um, it was Pastor Aaron, actually. We were talking earlier this year about how I just felt like God was asking me to go deep with him. I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, it's time to go deeper. And what that required me to do personally was to disconnect so that I could connect with him. So I had to disconnect from some things in my life in order to better connect with him, in order to grow in my relationship with him. And um, I have my phone on me. But how many of you know that our cellular device, our iPhone, whatever you have, can be one of the biggest interruptions or distractions in life? And for me, it required me turning off my phone sometimes or putting on, on do not disturb. And I wanna encourage you maybe to spend more time with Jesus and to continue focusing your eyes on him. It might require you to delete some apps. I know that maybe some of you guys include social media with your work, but it might require you to limit some time on social media. Maybe it's to actually turn off your phone the moment you step into your home at the end of your workday so you can actually be more present with your family. Maybe it's actually getting up earlier in the morning, maybe an hour earlier, so you can spend time with Jesus. It's really a, it's a dis, disconnection so that we can connect more with God. And I want to encourage us that it's possible for us. But I want to ask us, what are we focused on in life? regardless of what gets in the way. And the antidote really for comfort or pursuing the world instead of our calling is that we can actually resist the enemy when we feel his attack. 
right? We actually have the power to do that. And I want to encourage us this morning, church family, that we can resist the enemy. Look what it says in Matthew 4, starting verse 8. It says, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. So notice what Jesus did. Jesus said, be gone. And hear me this morning that we can actually be released to do the same thing. We can resist the enemy. We can say, be gone when we feel spiritual warfare or attack because we are more than conquerors in Christ, right? Romans 8, verse 37, it says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We already operate from the winning side today. He's already defeated death and grave. Death has no more sting because he conquered it. That's who's involved in your life. As you engage in this relationship with Jesus, he's everything that you need. And that includes when you feel like you're under attack, when you feel tempted in whatever way we can pursue the call that he has for us, the purpose and mission that he has for our life. So we can, we can meditate on God's word and we can fight with his word. We can pursue a life of serving and we can remember to focus on Jesus and know that we have the power and authority to resist the enemy because the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives on the inside of us. Amen. You received that word this morning. I'd love for us to just stand just want to pray for us. You know, maybe you're here and you feel like you walked in with a weight. Maybe you feel like there's a lot of opposition that you're feeling. Maybe you feel like you're, you're fighting through life. You feel like there is some spiritual warfare you're identifying with and you'd like prayer. I would love to pray for you in this moment. So with every head bowed and eyes closed and no one looking around, for those that are in this room, Jesus, that identify with that, that feel like they're under attack, God, I pray that you would remind them of who you are, that you're a faithful father, that you actually go before them and you fight their battle for them. Thank you, God, that you are a God of angel armies. So I just pray that you would bring a hedge of protection around each person that might be feeling under attack and would you in your loving and kind way redirect them back on purpose would you remind them of the purposes and the mission that you have for their life God thank you that we are not alone in the battle thank you that you are here you love us you're close to the brokenhearted when we feel broken but you also heal us so we thank you for that God we thank you that you're with us and you guide us throughout this life. So for anyone that's feeling like they're in the battle, Jesus, help us to remember to speak your name. And there's strength and power in your name. We thank you for that right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's continue to worship. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you. 
and empowered you in all that God's got for you, why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.